Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. You can take your seats. And uh, while you're doing that, get your Bible out and open it up to um, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're going to be looking at verses 12 to uh, 30 today. We're going to read that in just a moment. But I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had someone call you a liar? You're a liar. Matt, you're a liar. You ever had anybody like do that to you? Um, and maybe you've had them do it to you and they were right and you deserved that calling out. But maybe you were not wrong and you were speaking truth and there was nothing in what they said that would cause that to ever be said about you. You're a liar. See, here's the thing about that. In our text today, that's exactly what happens to Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, you're like, oh my goodness, like who would ever do that? Well, the religious leaders did it. They didn't like what Jesus was saying. They said, Jesus, you're a liar. So we find that in the text we're going to read as we look at another I am that Jesus says, John chapter 8. Follow with me as I read, starting in verse 12. Let's stand together. Let's honor God as we read his word today. Um, John chapter 8 and verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now look at this. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just as I have been telling you from the beginning, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world um, what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. 
he has not left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. You can take your seats. I entitled this message, Liar, Lunatic, or Lord of All. Now, you've heard that before. That's not new with me. But liar, lunatic, or Lord of All. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was who he says he was. And, and they claim in this text that you're a liar. In verse 13, we already read it. But So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. What you're saying, you're a liar. And by the way, we think you've lost your mind as well. In verse 22, so the Jews says, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. But the reality is, the one who is speaking is the Lord of all. In verse 24, it says, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. In verse 28, so Jesus said to him, to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I have done nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. What Jesus is saying to them in this verse today, in verse 12, is just way too much for them. He's like, he's already crossed the line lots of times with them, but he crosses the line one more time. And so here's the big idea of this message today. Jesus, the true light, is the only answer to the world's darkness. Jesus as the true light is the only answer to the world's darkness. And here's the first thing I want us to see, and we're going to camp on this for a good chunk of the message today, but here it is. One bold claim. The one bold claim by Jesus in this text, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. You know from when we started this part of the series, there are seven I am's. This is the second one, and Jesus lays out for them, I am the light of the world. Now we understand that there are two types of light in the world. There's physical light, and, and uh, with it we can see when you're born, uh, then all of a sudden you are experiencing this physical light. It is one of the songs we sang, talks about how it takes us and focuses us towards the handiwork of the Creator because of what He has made. And so we have this physical light, but also there is spiritual light. The spiritual light, when we, our eyes are opened and we see the Lord Jesus Christ in, in his working. Physical light is necessary for life. Without it, the forest dies. The plants cannot um, live. It's just absolutely critical for us to move around, for us to see. It's physical light. But then there is this spiritual light. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this text. And without that spiritual light, we can't see him. We can't see the work of God. We can't understand what God has done. And so let's put a little bit of this into the context of, of what's going on here because uh, we know that Jesus is uh, speaking in the temple. In verse 20, it says, these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple um, and so that's the location. Jesus is back in Jerusalem. He's in the temple. He's in a room in the temple, and he's teaching. And that's all very important to this particular text. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, 
It's the Feast of Tabernacles. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, in the treasury, they would light three huge torches. And these torches would light so that people could see. And then people would bring their little torches. It was a celebration time. And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world. In the midst of standing in the temple, in the midst of these torches that are lit, Jesus says, you don't understand who I am. I am the light of the world. Now we know that I am part comes right out of um, the book of Exodus when, when God is talking with Moses. I am, I am, I am. They are already, their minds are blown by the fact that Jesus is using terms like this. And now Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. The concept wasn't new to them. Psalm 27 once said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 9.2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has a light shone. So when Jesus says to them, I am the light of the world, and he's in the temple, the religious leaders, they get what he's saying. They get it. They understand the weight of what he's saying. They don't like it. They don't believe it. They don't agree with it. But they get it. I am the light, Jesus said. Not I'm a light. You and I are little lights that shine for the glory of Jesus Christ. But we are not the light. Jesus is claiming deity. He is claiming to be God. Not only that, he's claiming that he is the singular answer to the way to God. I am the light. It was revealed through the word of Christ. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It was revealed in the works of Christ. The works of Christ that are still going to be seen for them in the days that are ahead, the, the work of the cross, the work of the resurrection, the work of Jesus Christ interceding for them. I am the light. I am the light. Go back and just think about that for a second as, as you think about your own walk with God, as you think about your own walk with Christ and what Jesus Christ did, not only in the word that's been revealed for us, but in the works of Jesus Christ as it relates to your salvation. If there's an area of my life that I need to continue to grow in at a rate faster maybe than any other area, it's to get your eyes back on the work of what Jesus did. Get your eyes back on the work of the cross. Get your eyes back on the reality of the resurrection. Get your eyes back on the fact that there's Jesus Christ right now in heaven interceding on your behalf. How awesome is that work? And when you see him in that role, all of a sudden your desire to want to be like him, to be with him, to serve him, it just grows and grows and grows. God help me. God help all of us to grow in that. The word of Christ, the works of Christ leading to the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, 
but have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then the reality of the eternity with Christ that is coming for everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. In John 14, we're going to see an I am in a number of weeks. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Um, Jesus is saying to them, you understand who I claim to be. I claim to be I am. I am the bread. I am the light. So we come to the second part of that first verse. Jesus says to them, I am the light of the world. And then he says, whoever follows me, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you don't follow Jesus, you're walking in, dark, in darkness. This exclusive way that Jesus talks about, I am the way. If you don't follow, you're just walking in darkness. You're walking in darkness. You can't see. You can't see what God is doing. You can't see what God has done until you trust Jesus Christ. And then you learn how you walk in the light. It's found in the text. It doesn't say in the text that you walk in the light, but it's understood. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life so that you can walk in the light and will be a reflector of the light of life. So what does it mean? What does it mean to walk in, in darkness? Uh, flip over, keep your finger in John and flip over to Ephesians chapter four. This is one picture that Paul gives of what it looks like to walk in the darkness. Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 20 says this, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality and, and uh, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. If you're walking in darkness, you're a person who is walking in the futility of your mind, in the futility of your thinking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, the change of your mind. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God in the presence of God, that you change your mind. Darkness is walking in thinking that is futile. It's thinking that I'm okay. It's thinking I can do enough. It's thinking that others aren't as others are worse than I am. All kinds of of, of wrong and the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their mind and in their thinking, and maybe that's where you are today. And then you come face to face with this verse. Jesus says, I am the light. And you're like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I like what I'm doing. I like the way my life is going. I like the way. It's because you're darkened. You're darkened in the futility of your thinking, and it never leads to satisfaction. It always leads to, I need more. I want more. I am never satisfied. 
futility in their minds and their thinking, darkened in their understanding, understanding of who God is and how much he loves us and cares for us and what he's done for us in Jesus Christ, alienated from the life of God. You are walking in a way that's diametrically opposed to what God would have for you. That's what darkened people look like. You're ignorant because of the blindness of your hard heart. You're like, you just called me ignorant. Well, that's the story of all of us until we believe the light. We have callous feelings. We're given over to sensuality. Oh my goodness, our world. You can't, nobody's, nobody's immune from uh, being affected by what goes on in the sensuality in our world. The greedy practicing of every kind of impurity. And then the working of all uncleanness and even greediness. And you're like, well, I'm not the worst person in the world. There's lots of worse people than me. But yeah, but the, at, the, at the core of who you are outside of the light, you're about a different God. You're about the God of yourself. You're about the satisfaction of what you can have in this world, in this day. And the Bible calls it walking in darkness. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But will have the light of life. And now that's the second subpoint here. If the first part is, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. The next part is, whoever follows me will walk in the light. Whoever follows me will walk in the light. I love the picture of walking and uh, what that means. And I told you the story of when I had my accident and, and broke my ankle and had to learn to walk again. And the squirt gun that came out that Sue gave to the person. So they'd squirt me if I was watching my feed. And if I haven't told you that story, come see me afterwards. I'll tell you that story. But we've got a little baby in our small group. Her name is Ginny. And Ginny is crawling and now standing and let us all pray for her parents. About two, three weeks from now, there's going to be walking. And there's going to be lots of falling down and getting up. That's why there are diapers, so you don't get hurt, right? So the, and all of that will go on. And she will learn to walk and learn to take steps. And as she does, she will walk better. And that's the picture of us. We're, we're a bunch of stumbling little babies who have to get back up and get back up. We fall down. We get up again. And on we go. And, and we have this picture of us walking, walking. But in this text, we're talking about walking in the light. Walking in the light, growing in our, our faith. Growing in holiness. Growing in a desire to follow after God. You see, our Christian duty as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a follower of, of the light, is that we would be people who walk in the light, who live in the light. Um, Ephesians 5.8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Matthew 5.14-16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp, but put it under a basket, or put it under a basket, but on a stand that it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And what? Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We don't walk in darkness. 
The light of the life that we have in Jesus Christ has changed us, and now our desire is to walk in light. That light starts with a new life. In Romans 6, 4, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, when you understand what Christ has accomplished for you, when you understand the gospel, and I'm understanding it more and more, growing in Jesus Christ as my Savior, Jesus Christ as my Lord, it's, it's a sanctifying process, but I learn how to and I continue to walk in newness of life. Do you have that new life? When Jesus said, I am the light, he goes on, and we're going to see it in the text. So you got to believe. You have to believe. And if you put your trust in Jesus Christ and understand what he's accomplished, the end result is, I need to now walk for him. I need to walk for his glory. Let your light so shine before men that they'll see that working in you and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We walk in new life. We walk by faith. We walk by faith, by God's divine persuasion, one writer called it. We walk by faith. I trust what Christ has done for me. I'll stand before him one day, and by faith, I will stand before him because of what Jesus did. And I will walk by faith. I will live my faith out in front of my kids. Why? Because of what Christ has done for me. I will live my faith out in the workplace. Why? Because of what Christ has done for me. I will have a testimony. I won't compromise. I will seek to be a man of integrity. Why? Because of what Christ has done for me. And I am persuaded of what he's done, and therefore I will live out. I'll live by faith. I will live a spiritual life. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. I read this this week. It says, if we walk by the Spirit... What happens? When you walk by the Spirit, the flesh slowly dies away. You want more of Jesus. I want to be more like him. I want to serve him more. You'll be a person who lives in consistency. Ephesians 4 says, Therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called. We'll walk carefully. Ephesians 5 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, therefore as you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You will walk in the light, we've learning from um, 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light, Jesus said, I am the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We walk in Christ-likeness. 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. In a few work weeks, we're gonna take a, a week off out of the Gospel of John, and Lord willing, do a, a message on spiritual disciplines. What does, what does your walk look like? We're going to take all of these things I've just been talking about and, and some more, and, and we're going to talk about those. And what does it look like as a follower of Jesus Christ to walk in Christ? 
It would include obedience and prayer and being in the word and living in submission and in the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We have the light of life. How do we, how do we now walk in that light? And, and so the first thing that we see in this text is this bold claim by Jesus, I am the light of the world. And we know, because I've already told you, the next thing they say is you're a liar. You're a liar. So I want us to see the two witnesses to the true light. The true witnesses to the true light. The first one is, is Jesus himself. Look at verses 13 to 16. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Um, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it's not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Now they start this fight, right? They start it by saying, you're a liar. And Jesus goes, I, there's two testimonies I want you to hear about. There's two witnesses of the true light. And the first witness is the witness of myself. So you check me out. You, you look at my manner of life. You see the way I live. Do I do the things I say I do? Am I promising and delivering on what I say I will do? And faithful. Now they, they've already rejected Christ. But Christ says, look at, my, look at me. You look at me. You, you see in me. But I love that he doesn't stop there. He goes on in, at the end of verse 16. It's not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. He gives the second witness. There's a witness of himself, but then there's the witness of the Father, verses 17 to 19. In your law, it's written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears witness about me. And they said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus said, you neither nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father. And then down in verse 28, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak as the father taught me. And so there's a principle that's going on here of two witnesses. Now that's the way their system worked, right? You had to have two witnesses for something to be held with any credibility in a court. And at the end of it, they're still going to reject Christ because they haven't seen him and they, they don't make the connection. And Jesus, quite frankly, isn't all that worried about that. You see, sometimes when we get attacked in our world or somebody questions us, we, oh, what are they going to think or what are they going to do or what are they going to, and we forget about it. It doesn't matter. It's about who is Jesus Christ. It's about what has God done in my life? Where is my hope found? And we get our eyes off of all of the people who can be around us who are the naysayers, the darkened, that are living in darkness and get our eyes on what we know is true. And Jesus says, so here's my testimony. It's the testimony of me and it's the Father who sent me. That's all you need. That's all you should need. And they didn't accept that. They reject him. There's, where is your Father? Uh, the Pharisees probably intended this to be a deeply cutting insult to Jesus. 
around the controversy of his virgin birth and who's your daddy, right? Where is your father? Jesus, I know exactly who my father is. You don't know him. And you've rejected him as well. You know neither me nor my father. His reaction is so interesting to me. And he makes his statement. He makes his claim. He doesn't try and defend it beyond that. And then, and then they, they move on. Because coming out of this is what Jesus really needs for them to understand and for us to understand. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so we now see two destinies. What Jesus is saying leads us to the challenge of there are two destinies. There's only two ways you can end up at the end of this process. Look, look in verses 20 to 22. It says, um, these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. They couldn't touch him in the divine working of God because the time for the cross hasn't come yet. So he said to them, I am going away and you will seek me and you'll die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. The point here that I really want us to see is when he talks about you will die in your sin. There's only two options in this world. You can have life in Christ or you can die in your sin. Heavy, but true. And as you think about your walk today, as you think about your spiritual condition, as you think about yourself, are you a person who is walking in the light? Maybe tripping, getting up, but you're moving on. Or are you still dead in your sin? Ephesians 2 talks about you were dead in your sin. He made you alive in, in Jesus Christ. The two destinies goes on in verses 23 and 24. He said to them, you are from below. I am from heaven. You are of this world. Really saying you live like you're in this world. I am not of this world. And then this verse I told you that you would die in your sin for unless you believe that I am, I am he, you will die in your sin. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. People are born in sin. And we were talking in our small group this week about, you know, parents who have children understand total depravity, right? Your, your kids, Matt, your daughter's an angel sometimes. most of the time. And sometimes it's like, oh, my word, she must be her mother's daughter because I have no idea. Sorry, Rachel. Um, and, and you understand we're... I was born in sin. Uh, Psalm 51.5 says, 
Behold, I was brought forth in sin, iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. This picture of being separated from God and needing a Savior is found all throughout the Scripture. And, and we need a Savior. Why? Because this battle for us, this battle over the darkness leads to one of two destinies. A destiny of life or a, a destiny of death. A destiny of eternal life in heaven or a destiny of eternal separation in a place that God calls hell. Unless you believe. Unless you believe. Not unless you try harder. Not unless you work more. Not unless you do certain things. If I just, unless you believe. Believe what? I am the light. I am the light. Unless you believe, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Unless you believe, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the gift that God has given to us in the light. Unless you believe, believe that I am. No wonder they wanted to kill him. No wonder the Pharisees hated him so much. Because he was saying something that they just could not take hold of. Unless you believe. And that is the core of the gospel. The core of the gospel is not trying harder. It's not what do I do. It's the core of the gospel is I bring nothing to this equation. It all comes to what Jesus Christ has done for me. He is the bread. He is the light. He is the, and we're going to see so many more of those things. He is all of those things so that we can have eternal life by faith alone in Christ alone. That's your hope. That's my hope. I am the light of the world, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior today? Is he the reason? Is he your hope? Is he the passion of your life, growing more and more to be like him? Not that that saves you. The work of Christ saves us. But then as a result, as a result, we see in the text, you don't walk in darkness anymore, but you live in the light. I've just been doing some study as we get moving towards Easter. We'll be looking at uh, John chapter 19, Lord willing, on Good Friday. And on the Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we'll be looking at John chapter 20. So John chapter 19 and John chapter 20 as we think about the work of Christ at Easter and it's awesome when you think that God would do this for a wretch like me. But if you believe, but if you believe, you will have eternal life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and you'll be saved. Well, here's the last thing I want us to see, and that's there's one Savior one Savior who is the light. They ask the question, who are you? Who are you? Maybe who, who do you think you are? Who are you? And uh, Jesus goes on in verses 25 to 30. He says, and so they said to them, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. 
I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus says this. So Jesus said to them, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but I speak just as the Father taught me. When you lift me up, when you lift me up, doesn't mean we're going to say nice, doesn't they're going to say nice things about them. There's going to be speeches about how awesome Jesus is. They're going to have a little roast and in some way honor him. That's not what it means. When I get lifted up, Jesus is talking about, it's a statement that's pointing to the cross. He's already given them some of that in John chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus is pointing to what is coming on the cross and what will be accomplished in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And then the reality of the hope that is there for every one of us. When the Pharisees heard Jesus speak, they become more opposed to him. And yet in verse 30, look what it says. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. The Spirit of God worked in people's hearts. The Spirit of God worked in people's lives. And maybe the Spirit of God is working in your heart and your life this morning. And this is the day when you say, I believe. I believe. And you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Do that today. Well, so what? Jesus was not a liar. Jesus was not a lunatic. Jesus was and is the Lord of all. As a result, he is the light of the world. He was then, he is now. Listen to um, Luke chapter 11, verses 33 to 36. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it's bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part in dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Jesus is the light and the people who follow Jesus don't walk in darkness, but walk in light. So think about your last seven days since we were here. And answer this question. How would people know that you walk in the light? How, 
How have they seen that? As a dad, how, how have your kids seen you walking in the light? Have they seen you with your Bible open? Have they seen you maybe on your knees praying? Have they seen you going to your wife and saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong? Or coming to one of them? How would, how would your coworkers have seen you walking in the light this past week? Uh, maybe it was when everybody else was cutting corners, leaving early, uh, cheating on something, and you're like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I have a savior who I answer to. I, I can't do that. How have your neighbors seen you walking in the light? See, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, those who walk in darkness, we understand, but we're not, we're not those people. We are the people walking in the light, God helping us to be a model in my home, in my workplace, with my friends, in my small group, that they would see the light of Christ in me for his glory. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song that says, uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. It's a great song. It's an old song. It's a great song. Look full in his wonderful face. Talks about the light too in that song. And as a follower of Christ, God help me more and more to get more and more focused on that. Less and less focused on me and my attitudes and my agenda that Jesus Christ would be the one who's glorified in my life. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful for the work of Christ. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, the people all around him said, you're a liar. You're going to kill yourself. You're a lunatic. And Jesus quietly moves forward and demonstrates that he is Lord of all. Fathers, followers of Christ, we have the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, as we see that light in us, would we be people who live out for your fame, for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.